Welcome to the Sexy Selfish Podcast Series. I'm your host, Shona Gates. I'm a women's life coach, success strategist, and a self-proclaimed badass. And I'm here to help you rediscover your authentic self, stop delaying your happiness, and step into your truth. This podcast has been created to connect, inspire, and nurture mums who want more. Are you ready? So this particular podcast today is actually taken from one of the live sessions in my mum's Manifesting Wealth Facebook group. Once a fortnight, I jump on there for probably 15 minutes to half an hour and talk about one key topic around money mindset, manifestation, all things business badassery. So this audio section is taken directly from one of those live streams. So it's not a standalone podcast audio. It's come from one of those live Q&A sessions. So if you hear a little bit more interaction or conversational style talking in this episode, that would be why. Anyway, it's a super powerful topic. I can't wait for you guys to dive in. And as always, I'm looking forward to hearing what you think. Enjoy. Oh, and if you want to actually jump on for these live, stream, live streams when they happen, you can head on over to the Mums Manifesting Wealth Facebook group. It's free to join and I go live every fortnight in there to share lots of goodness with you and that way you can actually interact with me, not just listen one side on a podcast too. So if that tickles your fancy, you know where to find me. Enjoy. Hi guys. Oh, I'm a bit of a mess. Thank you for bearing with me. I'm a couple of minutes late because my computer decided now of all times was a great time to do an update. So yeah, I'm a little bit late this morning because my computer decided now was a perfect time to do it, which it was not clearly. Um, but that's just, that's just how it works, isn't it? All right. So I just need to bring up another screen behind me. Give me a two seconds. How are we all? Hope you're having a fabulous Wednesday morning. Um, just because I can't see my notes. <laughs> um, so I'm excited to chat with you guys about this topic today. This one actually came up because of a podcast interview I have done recently, which was pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. Um, <laughs> sorry, I've just got things going on in the background here. I just need to like, because I just put it on Instagram that I was going live in here. So of course a million people have just, um, tried to request and join in, but hi, how are you? How is your morning going? Where are you listening in from? Say hi. I love comments. I love some interaction. I am just like a little scared creature in the dark on the other side of the screen feeling really weird putting my stuff out into this virtual space i do i know for me i'm a room of people type person when i do training so that's why my live workshops are so potent um and in the online space even though i've been doing it for years i still feel a little bit weird it still feels a little bit like is anyone hearing me <laughs> Is this going anywhere? Is this having impact? Like I just don't even know. Um, 
I feel like I'm sending things out into the void and it's probably because I'm just here like in my own house talking to myself and there's not the interaction that you get with a Zoom and in with a live setting, things are really different too. But anyway, I have 20 minutes to talk to you guys about this topic, so I'm excited. Hi, Jess. And hi, uh, Katrina, who's logged in as my business because she's my assistant. <laughs> my business is saying hi to me, which is cool. All right, so today I want to talk about the phrase, I can't afford it, why that is so damaging, why it is one of the most disempowering things we can say, and why shifting that alone to something more positive and empowering can have a huge, huge effect on our relationship with money, on calling money into our lives. It's a very, very powerful phrase that can be used so wrong and so right. So we're going to talk about it today. First of all, like no shame, no guilt, no judgment. This was one of my most used phrases before all this money mindset work. And honestly, it was probably one of the last phrases to go because it took me such a long time to work through this because <laughs> it, it was hard. I used, I can't afford it for everything, everything. I used it when genuinely I didn't have budget for it. I used that phrase if there was something I didn't want to do. I use that phrase if I wasn't comfortable and I was anxious. I use that phrase to shift the blame from me to money, to my budgeting, to the hours my boss gave me. It was that that scapegoating of responsibility to money rather than just owning it and saying, hey, I actually don't want to go there. Hey, I actually don't want to go to that party or I, I don't really feel comfortable putting X amount in a card at a wedding for someone I barely know. It was just always, I just, my default setting was I can't afford it. Um, so I don't know if you guys have caught yourself saying this or you're aware of other people saying it. I think the first time I heard like that whole idea around we can't afford it, I was probably, probably even like five, six, maybe even younger. And I honestly thought, I honestly thought we were broke. I thought my family lived in such poverty. I was so ignorant, but I didn't know because there was this constant energy of we can't afford it. I honestly thought we were broke. I thought we were so on the poverty line. We didn't have any money. We couldn't afford anything. And then later as an adult, as like a 29 year old woman, figure out my parents were really fucking well off. We actually had that charm childhood that everyone else wanted. And I didn't realize because I, I thought we were broke because of this scarcity and fear and anxiety around money. So the whole idea that we can't afford it was a common thread throughout my childhood. I think it was used a lot to justify the values of my parents might have been, you know, they valued time and they valued freedom and they valued choice, but they valued um, family holidays before they valued designer shoes for us to go to school in. But instead of just saying that's not like designer shoes aren't important thing to our family, we're going to choose to put our money somewhere else. It was, we can't afford that. We can't afford that. And so I grew up thinking, Oh my God, this money thing's really hard. And my parents can't afford it and I can't afford it. But also that money was this excuse money was this thing that I can blame. And it's a well, it's a well accepted 
commonly known narrative, the I can't afford it, right? Because if you actually said, if friends invited you out to dinner and you actually said, I just actually don't really want to go to that place. It's not the type of food I like and, and I love you guys, but I just like it's logistically a nightmare this week for me to come out and I'm just I'm just not feeling it. I'm just not feeling it. I love you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm just not feeling it. People don't say that. People don't say that. We say, I'm busy. I can't afford it. And because people say it so much, that's become the com comfortable answer. That's become the accepted, understood, normal answer. We can't afford it. And like, how many times do you tell your kids, we can't afford it, we can't afford that, we can't afford that. I'm really careful now to only genuinely, we can't afford that. If it's like, the kids don't understand why I can't buy the $17,000 mansion, 1700,000. What am I trying to say? It was like $17 million mansion. Why can't you buy that mummy that we watched on YouTube? And even then I was careful to say, because I, we can't afford that yet, right? But it's things like, my son wants new school shoes. He really wants new school shoes. And he can't understand the way that he walks with his feet pushed forward. It's an autism thing, walking on tiptoes. He rubs through the soles of sand shoes in about six weeks. And over the last 10 years, I have bought $180 shoes and I have bought $18 sand shoes and they rub through at exactly the same rate. So when he says, mom, I really want these ASICs, fancy Nike shoes, whatever it is. And I just, I don't say we can't afford it because I can afford that. I can absolutely afford that. That's not a problem. We're choosing not to buy that, Eric. We, we're choosing to put money into basketball camps and your extracurricular activities. And so we're choosing to buy these shoes instead because you wear through them so fast. And having that conversation, instead of just saying, stop it, we can't afford it. I feel like it's become this excuse, this default setting that we have that you just say, you say we can't afford it. And that's like, instantly the wall goes up. That's the end of conversation. That's the end of discussion. And what that really does is it's, we're keeping this scapegoating cycle going on where we're not honest with ourselves about whether we literally can't afford it or not, whether we are disempowered because we're not taking responsibility for the choices we're making. And then when we genuinely can't afford it, when it genuinely doesn't fit into our budget or structure, and I don't think there's any such thing as we can't afford that. I honestly believe it's we can't afford that right now, or we're going to have to um, make a plan to achieve that. And there's so many different things that I work through with my clients, especially in module two of Abundant as Fuck. Um, we talk about a lot about budgeting. And um, they're currently in the Sexy Selfish Elite this month is the topic budgeting like a badass. So we do lots around budgeting, around having long-term, short-term money goals, around planning for everything. And then once you start to do that for a while, you start to realize there's no such thing as I can't afford that. It's that's not a priority right now, or let's make a plan so that we can afford that, right? But this I can't afford it, it's become an excuse, a scapegoat. And what it's really doing is keeping you in a place of victimhood. Because if you're saying, well, we can't afford that, then it's money's problem. Then it's money's the bad guy. And I want that, but we can't afford it because money says I can't have it. And once you actually have this radical honesty with yourself, enough honesty to say, I can afford that. 
I will afford that eventually. I will plan for that. Or even the radical honesty enough to say, that's actually just not important to me. That's not a priority for me and my family. That particular purchase doesn't align with my values right now. And it's this radical honesty that suddenly frees you from this idea that you can't afford it. And then once you can remove that block and shift, I can't afford it into more positive things like it's not a priority for me right now, or let's make a plan to um, be able to purchase that. Little things like that can have such a profound difference. But what it really is, I mean, I could tell you, don't say I can't afford it and say it's not a priority for me right now instead. Don't stop saying I can't afford it and stay um, we can't afford that yet instead. Stop saying we can't afford it and start saying um, I have my funds allocated somewhere else right now. There's so many different like, little switches that you can make, but until you have honesty with yourself about why you're saying you can't afford it, what you really mean when you say you can't afford it, right? And this conversation pops up for me and my husband around private school versus public school. There's a couple of friends in our friends group, their kids go to private school. And then we've got a couple of friends in our friends group, public school. And the conversation comes up and a few years ago, Aaron would just, his default thing would be, it costs too much. Um, I'd rather take my kids on a holiday every year, like blah, 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 blah. It costs too much, it's too expensive, it's just bullshit. And it was this very defensive, very scapegoating and using the financial element to kind of that to take care of the real issue. And then it was a couple of years ago we started doing this work and you know I was doing it heavily and and we started working through things together and, and yeah that radical honesty about what's important to us, what's important to our family, what are our values, what are our priorities. And then suddenly the conversation, I noticed this recently, we had a dinner with some friends and the, the topic came up again about, you know, why our kids went to different schools and they shared a couple of things they loved about their private school. And we shared a couple of things that we loved about our kids going to public school. And then I noticed that, 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 oh, we can't afford it. It's too expensive. It's just ridiculous. That didn't come up. Instead, Aaron's like, you know, it's just not a pri- the religious education is just not a priority for us. And that might change down the future, down the track, depending on what our kids want to do. But right now it's just not a priority for us. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> there's that radical honesty. Like he was actually finally empowered enough to say, it's not about the money thing because we can afford private school. No problem. It's not the money thing. It's the, you know, the religious education doesn't align with our values as a family. Um, and it's not an excuse. It's not like we were making excuses and money really was the problem because the reality is as well when you say i can't afford it it's like we put up this wall and this this blockage and this instant just like no that will never happen money will never be around for that right but what actually happens once we can get rid of that wall once we stop saying this phrase is we are open to more opportunities for money to come into our life for us to achieve that thing right If you are trying to manifest amazing things into your life, if you're trying to manifest more wealth and then you're still having this attitude of we can't afford it, you're saying to the universe, I believe I can have all this stuff. I can believe I can manifest it. I'm so worthy of wealth and abundance, but I can't afford it and life is shit and I'll never have enough money. You know, like it's, (laughs) you've got to walk the talk. You can't just talk, talk, talk and not walk the walk, if that even makes sense. So how... Have did you guys use I can't afford it? Where have you heard it? What are your feelings and thoughts 
around this and what is coming up and what is being triggered for you when I talk about this because that's an important like thread to pull on and work through and <laughs> follow that to figure out where that goes so let's talk about that I'm just checking the comments quickly I would love to know um, where I can't afford it fits into your life how you feel about that phrase if you're looking for other options other things to say instead and then how if you want any help around that right so you should never say I can't afford it it is one of the most damaging phrases you'll ever use and it is a heavy contributor to the scarcity mindset of there's not enough I'm not worthy and I'll never get what I want I'll never actually achieve that goal. I'll never achieve that desire. That's why even a shift from I can't afford that to I can't afford that yet is a very simple one, but it's very powerful because instead of putting the walls up, it gets your brain and the reticular activating system in your brain to start looking for opportunities to actually achieve that. But that's why radical honesty is important because if it's something you don't want to do, if it's a car you really don't want to buy, if it's a holiday you feel obliged to go on and it's someone else's goals, but in here it's not actually yours, just saying I can't afford it yet, it's not that radical honesty, that's what you need. You need to say that's not a priority, that's not actually what I do, that's not aligned to my values, that's not actually what I want. Then the honesty starts stepping up again. Then you start, once you know what you don't want, you can call in more than what you do want, all right? And then what to say instead. So I can't afford it yet. Um, it's just not a priority for me right now. I have alloc I have my funds allocated for something else. Um, I just can't afford it yet. Uh, let's make a plan so that I can afford it. All these little things are so much more empowering, so much more positive than just, I can't afford it. It's like, I'm so bad with money. Money hates me. All that type of stuff. Money is a tool and a resource, but at the end of the day, it's up to us. Money just doesn't magically do its own thing in your accounts. Whatever made up magic money is in there, right? It doesn't do its own thing. We choose what we do with it. We are the tool. We are the resource. And this is what I saw a lot of the time as well was that people, and there's a quote going around and I like semi agree with it and I semi don't because it's about if I have six figures in my bank account, in my savings, but 20 cents in my like spent, like checking account or spending account, whatever it is. Um, and I say I'm broke, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I mean, right? That there's people out there with six figures in their bank account acting like they're broke. And yes, for some people, there is an element of living within your means and there is an element of understanding your money um, that is important and essential to success. Like my parents have... A decent amount of money in the bank. They have a decent amount of assets. They have a decent amount of super. And yet sometimes they will still act completely broke. There's a reason they've got to where they are today in terms of success. But there's a reason that the fucked up relationship with money is so strong too. Right? And I was the same. I remember having like $7,000 in my bank. The first business coach I started working with. And she's like, how much money have you got? And I was like, nothing. I've just got absolutely nothing. I've just got nothing. Right? And then a couple of months later, she found out that I had that $7,000 in my account. And she's like, this is why you're so fucked up, right? Because I would plead broke. 
I would plead, I can't afford that. I would, I'm, I'm so stuck. I'm so scarce. I have nothing. And the fact is that I did have it, right? So pretending like you have a lot of money and spending money like you have a lot of money when you don't can be really damaging and toxic. But the flip side of that is pretending like you're broke when you actually do tap into abundance, when you do have the ability to make more money, when you have opportunities and choice and freedom and advantage and gratitude still acting scarce, you will never be able to manifest what you want. So that's why, like, that's what I'm like, like, so many people out there are teaching manifestation and they're teaching it through EFT and tapping and meditation and affirmations and which crystal you need to put in which corner of your house and which full moon. But the fact is you can do all of that. And if you still think I can't afford it, I'm no good with money. Money just hates me. If you're still forcing yourself to buy the horrible frozen black and gold blueberries, when you really want the fresh organic ones, all the crystals and all the affirmations and all the, you know, rose quartz butt plugs aren't going to do shit. Having the right incense blend or the right crystal in the right place ain't going to do shit. If your actions through when you wake up to when you go to sleep at night, all those little actions in between are still screaming scarcity, are still screaming, I'm broke. I don't feel worthy. I'm not enough. And I believe that I can't have it all. I believe that it will run out, that I'm not worthy of it, that I'm not deserving of it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's the truth bomb. <laughs> Radical honesty. Stop saying I can't afford it. Pay attention to those tiny little choices that you make throughout the day because it all adds up. It all makes a difference. Does anyone have any questions before I jump off? Um, we've got another two minutes before I have to go live in the elite group, the Sexy Selfish Elite. Our monthly topic is all about budgeting like a badass and I've got to go over there and do a Q&A session with them and touch on some more budgeting stuff. So if anyone has any questions um, or any feedback about this little little training, little quick bite size, come in, smack you around, make some common sense happen, and then, yeah, I'm going to dive off and go to a bit more in-depth training with the Thank you so much for your time. For your if you here. loved this episode, please subscribe and leave me a little love note by tagging me at sexy underscore selfish. To check out more of the Sexy Selfish podcast or to grab some of my little goodies, head on over to the freebie hub at www.sexyselfish.com. It's totally free and it's jam-packed with hours and hours of content for you. Thank you so much for being here with me today on The Sexy Selfish Show and showing up today to become the best version of you. I am sure you got so much out of today's episode and I know that I really did as well. If there is someone in your life who would really benefit from hearing this episode and some of the things we shared about, please share it with them right now. It's as easy as just sharing the link and you could literally change someone's life. Remember, it is time to stop delaying your happiness.